You're listening to the Della Darling Podcast. I'm Emily. And I'm Dara. We're taking Dara's love of telling people's stories, Emily's love of attending events, and our mutual love of the first date, and highlighting the best people to meet, places to go, and things to do that Delaware has to offer. Hello, everyone. As always, I am so excited to be here tonight. Dara and I are in the studio recording, which, as she pointed out to me earlier, is the first time we have done that since April. Yeah, we both were a little busy and we were doing some kind of long distance interviews. Um, so throughout May, we, we basically we phoned a friend. We, we did. We phoned a friend and we phoned some new friends. And you guys have been loving that episode, RV There Yet? with the empty nest nomads who are RVing across the country after living their lives in Delaware. Other than what we've been up to recording-wise, we've been up to a lot personally. So Dee, what have you uh, been up to? Well, I think we should mention another thing about being here tonight is that um, we weren't able to attend Hagley's um, Bike and Brew Tour tonight. Yes, and they were so kind and reached out to us. Actually, I got a DM on Instagram since I sort of manage our Instagram account, and they also reached out to you by email. Yeah, so I, I know Laura, um, who does the marketing over there, and um, we've I think we've mentioned the Hagley events before that, of course, you know there's, the museum is there, and they have different exhibits and activities for kids and families and special events throughout the year. Um, but then during the summer months on Wednesdays, um, they'll have... They'll open up the grounds for walking. Um, they'll bring in uh, Dogfish Head beer, um, Woodside Creamery. Yeah, and you can bring your bike, you can hike, and they do have an entry fee, but it's very low, maybe $5, something along those lines. So it's a great way just to get out with your family, do something fun that's outdoors, one of our local treasures. Um, and I know we're hoping we can make it at some point, but. Um, everyone laughs when I tell them like how jam-packed my schedule is, and so it is hard to fit it all in. And I know it's about to get even busier on Wednesday nights because you're starting your new Cornhole League. I joined the Cornhole League over at Wilmington Brew Works. My neighbor and I, I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm excited for the chance to drink beer outdoors on a weekly basis. While playing Cornhole. While playing Cornhole. It, it is just going to be great. Um, well, yeah. speaking, um, speaking of Hagley... One of the things we should mention and tie in is that you went to Winterthur recently, and I know how much you love um, the Brandywine Valley Summer Passport. I do. So over Memorial Day weekend, I thought to myself, you know what I would like to do? I would like to go see the Costuming the Crown exhibit at Winterthur. And so I did. I took my mother and my grandmother. The three of us all went together. We had such a lovely time. Um on the garden tour through the grounds and then doing the crown costuming tour or exhibit, I guess there wasn't really a tour. And then we had lunch um, back at the visitor center. You know, they have their sort of lunch dining area and it was just a really nice day. And I have watched season one. I actually am not, I'm behind. I haven't watched season two, but it was just such a great show. And I love seeing, um, sort of what was created and how they created it, especially with the pieces that were well photographed at the time. And so, you know, the wedding dress had to be very exact and correct because it was so widely recognizable. Um, whereas some of the other clothes, not as much. They could have just sort of figured what would they wear in this time period. 
So it was just really great. Um, and the Brandywine Valley Summer Passport, it is one of my favorite things, you guys. So I would love, love, love to be a member at all of our local museums and estates. But I am, as I always say, bougie on a budget. And I just cannot afford $100 to every single museum I'd like to be a member. So one of the things the Brandywine Valley Tourism Organization does, they have these summer passports. So you pay $45 for an individual or $95 for a family, so two adults and children. And you can go one time each to 12 different museums. So Winterthur, Hagley, the Delaware Museum of Natural History, the Delaware Contemporary, um, the Reed House. Like, it is just crazy. I mean, if you go just to two of those places, you've pretty much made the passport worth it, in all honesty. So I definitely recommend doing that. And it's a great way to get you sort of out of your house and doing something interesting. And since a lot of them have indoor parts of their museums too, I like to think of it as a good rainy day activity, mm -hmm. um, even when you can't explore the various gardens. Yeah, what a great mention to have right at the beginning of summer, because um, this is our first episode of June. Um, I know that we're going to be doing a bunch of summer reading content um, throughout the month. And then we're not doing like a summer bucket list this year, but we'll be coming to you with a bunch of little recommendations um, like the passport throughout the season. Um, I know that I've kind of had like a slow start to June. I've been um, out to lunch a few times down on Main Street at Santa Fe and Homegrown. I know that you were also recently at Santa Fe. I think it's one of our favorites. Yes, we went there. Just just always a plug, podcastbrunchclub.com slash Wilmington. Come join. We talk about podcasts and we eat brunch and drink. So fun for everyone. It definitely is always a fun time. Actually, I haven't told you this, but... Um, I had a weird dream this week that I was like in the car headed to Podcast Brunch Club with um, our our podcast uh, guest, Kristen Lepley. Uh, she is just such a gem for those who haven't listened to our We'll Try Anything episode. She was so great talking about triathlons and sort of a fitness journey. Um, and she is a huge podcast enthusiast and has turned me on to so many great shows. So if you make it to Podcast Brunch Club, you'll get to meet Kristen in person. Um, she is an active, active member. Um, so now you know that podcasting is fully part of my life because I'm dreaming about it too. Um, but so, but but you know what else is a huge part of our life, and we talk about it all the time. Is anytime we see anything about Delaware. So last week I was reading Where'd You Go, Bernadette, in anticipation of the movie coming out this summer. I'm really excited, but there was a line mentioning Delaware. Um, and so I immediately, I was reading it actually on my phone at that moment. So I was easily able to take a screenshot, highlight it and mm -hmm. send it to you. It turns out we do forensic handwriting note analysis of pads of paper in Delaware, or at least some author believes. So, um, that was really fun. And then the other news that I sent you in the last day or so, I think maybe only yesterday yeah. was that Aubrey Plaza is on the cover of Cosmo and she's eating ice cream. Yes, and I actually, I also saw, she's getting some coverage for the cover, because it's a really interesting cover, it's, and like, well done in terms of design, in that you're like, she's there eating the ice cream cone, it's very eye-catching. I agreed, um, and you know, Aubrey is just, she's such a, a diamond, and I guess, was it a year or two ago, it was determined by the News Journal poll that she is the most famous person from Delaware, um, even beating out Joe Biden, which I think... 
maybe we were all not like we were discounting Joe Biden when we made the vote. But but she is famous, you know, she has been in a number of movies. She was on uh, Parks and Rec and she's I think been on another TV show since then, not one that I watch. Um, but I found this really great. You actually pulled out a section from the article. So she says, in high school, I was involved in a lot of activities, Tracy Flick style, she says of her teen years in Wilmington, Delaware. So I think we too were involved in lots of activities, but I wanted to know if you knew the Tracy Flick reference. I don't. It's from the Reese Witherspoon movie. Oh! Um, is it Election, election. Day? Yeah. Or election? Um, Matthew, is it Matthew yes. Broderick in that? Uh, he plays the teacher? Maybe. Maybe. Definitely Reese Witherspoon. And of course, gotta tie that in, you know, her ex-husband, Ryan Philippe, also from Wilmington. Yes. Okay, yes, that is us. That's that's so us. You guys, all the Wilmington and Delaware references, they they just we can't write this stuff. Aubrey's tying it all together. But then she also seems to talk in the article about how she would dress up in funny costumes and go to, she, she calls it the local mall. I'm going to assume it must have been Concord or Christiana. Oh, it has to be. And um, she says that they'd like do it to get a reaction out of people, but that the funny part was people wouldn't react. And then um, the Cosmo writer concludes that this means long term, Delaware was not for her. You know, I'm sort of disappointed. I, look. I love it here, but I also know it's not for everyone. There are some people who really want to be somewhere very, very rural. We do have that if you go down into um, Sussex County. People who want to be at a beach, which we have. You know, there are a lot of things you can want. Being in a really large city or honestly just a place that has last call later than one o'clock, um, we, we can't offer that, you know? And so I don't think we should fault people who figure out this is not for them. Um, but you know what? She does actually come back pretty regularly. She is actually a great patron of the arts and the programs she was a part of when she was here. <laughs> she does a lot of donating, a lot of fundraising for them. Um, and I have heard rumors of a special project that may be coming that is an Aubrey, Delaware thing. I don't have a lot of details, so we'll, we'll just leave yes. it there as a teaser. She definitely seems to love to visit. Um, so you mentioned slower, lower, sort of. In, in a way. I did. The, um, the rolling flatness of Sussex County mm-hmm. farmland. Which we learned that in another recent episode that we did with um, the, the bloggers down in Dover, it is okay to use slower lower as a yes. term of endearment. Yeah. I, I mean, again, that's definitely the right fit for some people. And to be honest, like I love taking a trip down there, doing the wineries down there, going to the beaches. It is a nice break from my regular bustling life. So if you haven't seen these um, around in Starbucks, Starbucks does like different, um, like city mugs. City mug, yeah. Like so, location. you can get like the Boston mug or the DC mm-hmm. mug, right? Yeah. So they came up with one recently for Delaware, and I, I was seeing like it pop up on my Facebook, like people were finding it and they were excited to have it. Um, but I guess when they in the early prints of it, they included the phrase "lower slower" instead of "slower lower" on it. Well, you know, lower, slower, there were always the small white ovals that had LSD. That's And mentioned. it was lower, slower, Delaware. Yes. So the news journal wrote about it because now one of this, the misprinted mug is on eBay selling for $4.99. $499, not $4.99. I'll just clarify yeah, that. Yeah, that should be for clarified. Listeners. So, <laughs> so almost $500. Although I guess they're also taking like best offer. 
Um, oh yeah, the oboes. So they mentioned um, that some people do call it lower LSD on the bumper sticker, lower slower Delaware. But according to like the long term Southern Delaware residents, this just demonstrates that you are a newcomer to slower lower. I hear what you're saying. I, I think that's true. I've always heard it called slower lower. I like to think of myself not necessarily as a lower Delaware native, but as a Delaware native, it's definitely something you talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we call an area in North Wilmington and and we sort of know Pike Creek, you know, we talk about Pike Creek as if it's this, it's, its own place. North Star sometimes gets called its own place, mm-hmm. you know? So I can totally understand as a native, like we have a way we like things. This is how we feel good about it. And I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Also in the news for um, fun locations in Delaware is that the other week um, when James Holzauer was still on Jeopardy as mm-hmm. the current reigning champ, a local doctor from New Ark, Delaware, went up against him. And um, sadly, Alex Trebek mispronounced the name of New Ark. He called it New Ark. And, but then he, he corrected himself. I would say he corrected himself and he issued, like he announced, I think on Twitter or put out there, like, I'm sorry that I transplanted you to New Jersey. Mm-hmm. You know, that was not my intention. Yes. When they came back from the commercial break, they corrected it. So I saw it come up in my Newark Post um, e-newsletter last week. And it, like, it was just like a funny little thing, but I, I appreciate that sort of coverage. I do too. Um, we're so lucky to have great... Delaware State Pride and Recognition. Um, And you actually sent this article that I loved seeing. Um, So it was an article by the New York Times and one of our local bookstore owners was interviewed. Yeah, so this was such a great um, article to discover. I think I found it because the Hocuson Bookshelf shared it on Facebook. Um, And so... Of course, I'm a sucker for anything about reading, especially summer reading. And then knowing that we have a couple of librarians lined up to talk about books and um, the local library system for tonight, it seemed like just great timing. Um, so the New York Times, as part of their um, like summer 2019 um, book issue, um, they did a Ask the Booksellers column where they talked with um, local booksellers from around the country and um, browse about books was from our, our own state of Delaware, um, was featured. And the, one of the big questions was, what is a beach read anyway? Um, so I know a lot of people might hear that and they're thinking like frothy, like, you know, just like a, a thriller or something soapy and romantic. Um, so Susan Kehoe, the managing partner at Browsabout, her response was, in my mind, a beach read is something that's unput downable, whatever that means to you. I love that. Um, I completely agree. I think that can be a thriller. It can be a romance. Heck, it could be Game of Thrones if you can't get away from those. It could be War and Peace. Pigeon pie scenes. It can be War and Peace. It could be anything. If you can't put it down, then it's a great beach read. That's your beach read. I think it's something where you can get completely lost in the story. So I agree. And um, like I said, I sort of have already started my summer reading with Where'd You Go, Bernadette, which um, I can't believe I haven't read to this until now. Um, I think that was surprising, but I enjoyed that. It was a great book. I'm excited for it to come out as a movie. Um, 
and I every time every time I read a good book, I'm just and and see it, you know, being turned into a movie and all of these different things. It just sort of inspires me for where books can take you, mm-hmm. um, both in your imagination. So what are you envisioning in the world you're creating, or an author is helping you to create? Um, but also, reading is such a um, turning point in our education system. Like once you hit the ability to really read and take in content and analyze content. I mean, it's sort of like the first building block to the rest of your life within our education system. So I was also excited when you you sent me this, and I think I also saw this article from one of our lovely reporters I follow, but it was about barbershops and books here in Wilmington, which I thought was a nice little initiative. Yeah, so um, unrelated, related, Earlier in the month, I was looking at my horoscope and it told me it was like, Aries, you need to stop like subscribing to newsletters. You're overwhelming yourself. I did. You posted and said, I felt, I, I, I felt see. so seen. So in another local newsletter that I got today from WHYY, I saw this article from Chris Barish, who I think is the art, the reporter you're talking about following on Twitter. Yes. Chris Barish is one of my longtime favorites and fun fact, one time I house and dog sat for him. That's Delaware for you. Um, so you might be some people in Delaware might be familiar with him as like having written some like big um, breaking news, long form pieces um, for the news journal throughout the years. Now he's with WHAY, and he wrote like a it was like a, a feel good um, good local coverage piece um, from yeah as you said barbershops in Wilmington. So um, in in the article he reported that more than eight in ten African American boys in fourth grade struggle with reading according to national statistics. And um, so now there's an initiative which started in New York City and has come to Wilmington, Barbershop Books, um, and they are making books available um, for young boys who are in Barbershop in Wilmington um, so that they just have easy access to books to to read, to enjoy, um, and just kind of to relax and, and play with. Oh, and that is the best way to make reading a part of your life is to make it easy. So put it as a part of your life where you're going to encounter it all the time. We used to read in the car. We would read in the doctor's office waiting room. I mean, we would read everywhere. So the more accessibility you have to books and just having them around you, the more you'll read. Yeah. Um, so I guess it's time to talk to the librarians. I think it is time to talk to the librarians. So now that we're bringing the librarians on, and I have refrained from all Marion the Librarian references for a whole 18 full minutes of recording, I'm so excited that we have two local librarians to chat with us. So if you could each introduce yourselves, um, perhaps like say your name um, and like your title as librarian, and then if there's like a quick reference point of like why you were drawn to becoming a librarian you could share okay so my name is nicole and i am the principal library assistant uh, which means i'm head of circulation at my library but because our library um, is a contract library i get to do a little bit more outside of the realm of my job title so i can do programming and other sorts of things jack of all trades yeah um and I got into libraries because I went to school for English education and decided that the classroom was not for me and that the library was actually more my speed. Okay. Well, we're glad to have you in the library. <laughs> um, my name is Sarah Thomas. I'm in charge of youth and teen services at the Newcastle Public Library. And um, I got into libraries because I, 
I don't know, I just always have gone to them, love them, I've been working at them since I was 18, and now I'm 31, so it's my life. <laughs> Which is great to hear. We love libraries, and not to plug Podcast Brunch Club again on this episode, but I'm going to do it. So the theme for April actually was libraries, and so the listening list was five different episodes of different podcasts that were all about libraries. And the one from This American Life called The Room of Requirement, oh my gosh, everyone should go listen to it. I cried several times because I just felt so emotionally connected to people's library experiences. But I just loved sort of their um, description of the episode, and I'm going to kind of read it because I think it kind of applies. So libraries aren't just for books. They're often spaces that transform into what you need them to be. A classroom, a cyber cafe, a place to find answers, a quiet spot to be alone. It's actually kind of magical. I know, it gives you like the warm and, the warm and fuzzies. Um, and for our listeners, Sarah and Nicole both work at the Newcastle Public Library, which is in historic Newcastle. So not the Innovation Center on Route 9, which is also a great library and resource. And we would have loved to have a librarian from every library. <laughs> but they are numerous, and that was unrealistic. So we brought you on here today to launch our summer reading theme for the summer. Um, so I think that we have some questions from listeners that we're mostly looking to find out, like some behind the scenes facts about the library, get some recommendations, and maybe um, play a game or have fun just talking about libraries and pop culture. Yes. Uh, one problem we ran into asking listeners for their questions is they mostly just told us how much they love the library, which isn't really a question. <laughs> which they all said, but that was good to hear. Mm -hmm. um, but I guess you guys obviously both sort of came to the decision to work in the library, and you both said you sort of meandered over to that path. Um, and Sarah, I've known you for a long time, so I was never surprised you worked in the library. Nicole, I don't know if you guys remember having done this several years ago, but the Friends of Newcastle Library put together a Meet the Staff page. And they came and they interviewed you. And in our newsletter, yeah. yeah. So, well, it is available on the internet. <laughs> if you can we find it, it, you can read it. We found it. We found it. <laughs> we found it. Damn it. So, what I learned and was just, like, so infatuated by is that, Nicole, you... So, I heard, Nicole, that you were a member of Sarah's book club and that sort of sparked your librarian streak? Yes. So I was substitute teaching at the high school that she was having her book club at in, the, in their library and I heard she was going to be there so I'm like I'm going to I'm going to come sit in your book club and see what was this is about. Was she famous for her book club? <laughs> um I don't you were just intrigued by the book. Yes, yeah. obviously. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she was super famous. All the kids were talking. She already about worked at the library. Yes. With me. I worked there with her and I was oh. substitute teaching. So I had I had lots of jobs during this time. Um so I she said she was gonna be there that day. I was like, I'm gonna come at my lunch break and sit through your book club. So I got to sit through it. I'm like, this is exactly what I want for my life. I wanna work with kids and then I want to not be in a classroom to work with kids, so where can I do that? And the best place for me would be the library. And my job is kind of skewed away from that since then, but I'm, I'm happy with the direction it's gone. Sarah, um, I know, like, Emily and I, we've been members of various book clubs. I think almost everyone in the world has been a member of a book club at some point of their life. Mm -hmm. Some of them are more successful than others. Mm -hmm. How do you run your book club? And, like, 
what are your tips for staying on task? Because I think sometimes I find, even if I love the book, mm-hmm. like sometimes I end up just talking with my friends. So we're actually in a book club together with our friends. I This past year I was a member of like six different book clubs. Ooh, that is a lot. It was too many book clubs. <laughs> too, too many, many obligatory books. books you have to read and doesn't leave room for others. I that never read a fun book. And now I'm reading Harry Potter because I'm like, I just need Harry. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you just need Harry. Um, but so we're in a book club with our friends and we usually, this is probably the best example of a successful book club because the other book clubs I'm in are not traditional book clubs. But um, So we're in one with our friends and we um, take turns hosting, take turns picking the book and finding something for dinner, cooking, ordering pizza, getting food truck food. Mm-hmm. So we always have something fun for dinner. Um, and then we, whoever is the host, prints out questions and um, we'll you know, start out eating dinner, having a good time, talking about whatever, and then get to the questions and then kind of go off task, get back to the questions, go off task, get back. And then we're like, we need to get this done. So it's like, if you have questions to kind of keep you on track, that's really helpful. Okay. We're always really passionate about our books that we're reading, too. So we're like, we have to make sure we say these points. You have to understand how I felt about this book. So I think that helps, yeah. especially if you're interested in a book or very disinterested. When we're disinterested in a book, we hated it. We're like, let me tell you all of the reasons yes. I hated this right. book. So just enthusiasm <laughs> at every level. Yeah. Exactly. The other book clubs I run um, are with high schoolers. And so that's very different than running it with people who, like, really love books and, like, that... Um, don't have to do homework all the time. So, like, they can focus on reading a different book than their homework. But I also run a book club at um, the Ferris School for Boys. And the format of that book club is we just read books together. Um, Any book? Still. Well, so I've gotten a grant from the American Library Association. It's called the Great Stories Club. And so we read um, the books that they have chosen. And then in between grant cycles, we'll read other books that they're interested in that I think will have a good impact on them um, and that are appropriate for. So what are some of the books you have read in that club? Um, Right now we're reading a book, it's called Always Running. It's a memoir about um, someone who was really involved in the LA gang scene. Um, And apparently it's a very popular book with high schoolers, which I did not realize before I started reading it. Um, What else have we read? We read, Buck, which is about a man who grew up in um, Philadelphia, which was very interesting to them because they've all been to Philadelphia, so they could relate to that. Um, we have also read, we read a graphic novel a couple months ago um, called The Shadow Hero, and uh, now I can't remember what else. Let's just stop there. <laughs> it happens to me a lot that I could have read like the best book of my life and then as soon as someone asked me about it a week later I just I I have amnesia I'm like I read this amazing book and it changed my life and I really want you to read it but I cannot tell you what it was until I look on my Goodreads list yes Goodreads all the time I agree but some of the books I read as a child that were completely unimportant and non-impactful have stayed with me. Mm-hmm. So it's, Strawberry I mean, it's definitely, girl. Yeah. she knew I was going to say it. It gets harder to remember, even like short term as you get older, yeah. but some of those like early childhood reading experiences are so ingrained in you. And you have brought up Harry Potter before, um, and so many thoughts. 
So I'm going to just bullet point them for you. One, we're very excited. We're going to go later this summer to see um, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, I believe we're seeing, at the Mann Center oh, with the live yeah. Philadelphia That's Orchestra. That's awesome. So I'm very excited for that. Um, two, I am wearing my Wingardia Mimosa shirt <laughs> in honor of our love of reading episode. So I'm wearing that right now. My brother got it for me. Of course, great. He's an amazing gift giver. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I live with him. We give all the same people gifts. It's Do you know how awful that is? Really unfair. I'm like, well, here's a thing that was on your Amazon wish list. I have socks with nutmeg's face on them. Yeah. He, uh, he's, he's like carefully, piece by piece, making me Miss Frizzle. It's hilarious. He's yeah. giving me like earrings, t-shirt, like, yeah. No, he's a great gift giver. He did bring up to me maybe a month ago, um, you can get like Renaissance portraits of your dog done. <gasps> and he's like, it's okay if you say you think it's tacky and you don't want this, but would you want this? And I thought, absolutely not. Because what am I going to do with this huge Renaissance portrait of nutmeg? Like, that's... Hang it over your fireplace. You have a fireplace. I do have a fireplace, but that's I mean, not what's going to go there. She's a little... Maybe she, you don't want to make her more spoiled than she is, though. Ooh, she's a lot. <laughs> the unpaid intern is a lot. Um, so I think that's all... Oh, I had one more Harry... Two more Harry Potter bullet points. One... Mm -hmm. Um, Sarah has a Harry Potter tattoo. She's got a Hogwarts. We both have two Harry Potter tattoos. What? <laughs> okay, so Nicole is showing us her nine and three quarters that she has on the inside of her arm. Sarah has the Hogwarts skyline. And okay. then we both have always. And not for the reason that, like, <laughs> is assumed. Not the completely incorrect, non-factual. Yes. Way. Not for that reason. Yeah. yeah. So we were debating... <laughs> what to get for our Harry Potter tattoos. And our friend Kelly also has always, and then um, a quote from Sirius Black, I believe. Okay. So, so the discussion was, we're getting Harry Potter tattoos. Yes, we got what them will the tattoo my birthday, and we were going to get all the same thing. And we were like, kept joking, always, but then we would be like, no, that's so dumb, we're not getting that. Just constantly. That was what we always said. And um, then... So my birthday is in February. Alan Rickman dies in January. Mm -hmm. So then we're like, oh, Alan Rickman. We were sad. And there's this wonderful um, meme. And by the way, guys, the Alan Rickman in the rocking chair saying always, that is not real. That did not happen. So. <laughs> Never happened. That did not but happen. There's but a like, it's still nice. It's, yeah. it's wonderful. There's a wonderful meme on the internet where mm -hmm. all great memes are of Snape holding um, always maxi pads. And it's, it's just And it was hilarious. just so fitting and you couldn't. And I just, thought it was so I just made them all get that way. It was like, <laughs> we're doing it. Tribute to him. Hilarious joke. Yeah. Like, so good. And it's very subtle. millennial. Doing something ironic. <laughs> yeah. It's subtle enough, too, that like we can just play it off. as like, we just really love Harry Potter. Exactly. Always. Exactly. <laughs> Friendship tattoos we'll for life. We'll always be friends. <laughs> We know the real story, though, now. And so do all of our <laughs> listeners. You're welcome. Go look up that meme. It's wonderful. It's great. Yeah. And then the last Harry Potter news, I actually just saw this today, is that J.K. Rowling is writing four new short stories. <laughs> I know. Within the Harry Potter universe. And so the premise is sort of like you're experiencing class at Hogwarts. And so the themes are Harry Potter, a journey through. And so they have charms and defense against the dark arts. Potions and Herbology, Divination and Astronomy, and Care of Magical Creatures. That's awesome. So it's going to be four really fun short stories, and I'm very excited. 
I don't think we've mentioned yet on this episode that we actually have two magical creatures with us now. You guys. Everyone knows the, not, the unpaid intern Nutmeg, who actually is sitting very quietly um, in hopes of a second beef stick tonight, but it's not going to happen for her. Um, so you all know about her, but I have had a foster cat living with me for the last two weeks. Her name is Lily. She's sitting in the other room watching us because she does not like to miss out, but also does not like to be that close to Nutmeg because Nutmeg is bratty and spoiled and gets very jealous. Um, and so I do, I have these two magical creatures in Della Darling headquarters right now. Two interns. Two interns and nobody is pulling their weight. Yeah, so <laughs> I think that noise level and disruptions have been pretty much par for the course, but if you hear anything extra interesting on this episode, you'll know it's because of the extra magical creature. And know that we have a Professor McGonagall in our midst. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have a Sirius Black and a, and a Minerva McGonagall. So that's, that's where we are. Um, so we've definitely talked about some books, some of the ways you guys are involved as librarians. I want to talk a little more about you guys and your connections to Delaware. So if you each want to give us sort of like how you ended up here, which could have been by birth. We both <laughs> and they both have Delaware tattoos. Oh, wow. um, Maybe so, we should be running this podcast. <laughs> I, you know, yeah, I, I don't have any our tattoos. level, Emily. <laughs> I don't have any tattoos, um, but that could be on the potential list. So, yes, they both have the state of Delaware tattooed on their arms. So, um, yeah, so Sarah, give us your, your Delaware story. Well, I've lived in Delaware my whole life, except for my year in grad school, where I lived in New Jersey. And how was that? Wonderful. Was it good to come back? Yes. It was wonderful. That is the correct answer. It was great. Yes. <laughs> it was great. Um, uh, what else do I talk about? Well, so well what about the tattoos? So did you get the Delaware tattoos? Ta I don't know why I said tattoos. Funny there. Tattoos. Tattoos. <laughs> um, tattoos. Did you get them together as well? Yes, yes, but we did not get them in Delaware. <gasps> we got them in Colorado. Because <laughs> we thought it would be funny. <laughs> okay. Very ironic of you. Yes. Again. We're the same person. <laughs> I don't know if you can tell. Okay. So you live in Delaware your whole life. You love yes. it here. I love it here. I love it enough to get tattooed. A tattooed on my body. My family and friends live here. Um, so I'm sticking around for a while. Do people ever ask you, like when you're not in Delaware, when you're traveling, do they see your Delaware tattoo and they say, hey, what is that? Mm, no. no, I think we both have it in a not very noticeable spot. Okay. It's, on the, inside, I, it's on the inside of their arms. Yeah. At least mine is. I'd have to point mine out to people. The only people who ever mention it to me are people who live here. They're like, oh my gosh, you have a Delaware tattoo. People from <laughs> Delaware really love Delaware. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They recognize it. It, it is a thing. Um, and then, Nicole, you have also lived here your whole life? I've lived in the same town my whole life, too. So I've lived in Newcastle my entire life. And even went to school at UD, have never left. Wow. And I have no plans. So how does it feel to now be working in, like, what is very much your local library? Did uh, you grow up going there as a child? I went there until the Bear Library was built, and then we went there because it was closer to where I lived. But I always wanted to work at a library when I was a kid. Um, and then one day I just didn't have a job when I was in college and walked into that library and asked if there was an opening, and there was <laughs> Were you, um, what did you do? To start? Um, yes. 
I was worked all the way at the bottom, which is the page position, which is just shelving. So through college, I worked shelving the books. And then even through after college and substitute teaching, trying to find teaching jobs, I was still shelving books until someone left. And I just worked my way up until I got my position now. Um, my mother is now a retired librarian, and she actually loves shelving. She finds it very meditative. Yeah. It's very monotonous after a while if you're looking to like move on in your life, but it's also, it's, you expect the same thing every time you come in. So if it's like something you're just doing on the side when you're at school or when you're retired, because those are the two people we usually get for the position, um, it's perfect. Yes. I think now that she's retired, like she would be fine if her new job in retirement would just be shelving books. <laughs> I can very much envision that. Um, Okay, I want to do a couple of our listener questions slash comments because we got those two. So two comments we got. One was from Ryan Catalani at Magic of Pi. He was a podcast guest many moons ago um, and has actually, we talked all about how he had moved here and was originally from Hawaii and he has just recently moved back to Hawaii. Um, So we miss him, but you know. I always joke that I'm writing a book about people who um, live in Delaware but are not from Delaware, and I want to call it "Why Are You Here?" And 100%. it's just interviews about why are you here. Have you started it? On board? No, I'm not. It's just a joke. No, because I just yeah, I just tell people because I'm like, why are you? What? How did you? But get you here? could just start an Instagram. Yeah. Of this, like I people could. of New York, mm-hmm. but it's why are you here <laughs> in Delaware? In Delaware, <laughs> I think it would be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, how did you so, get here and what did you yeah, say? Yeah, so he commented that he loves the meeting rooms at the downtown library, an underused resource, which I think is true Absolutely. of all of our libraries. Yes. They are a great like community center and mm-hmm. meeting place. Um, I have, as I was studying over the last few months for my big licensing exam, I definitely use the library as oh, just okay. a quiet place without any interns. <laughs> yes. I, and I was, um, I was doing group projects in the fall for a class I was taking, and we went to the Route 9 library a couple times to yes. use those um, study rooms. It's such a great space. Yeah, so we love those resources, too. Um, we did get a question asking about safety at the downtown branch, which I am assuming because there are actually two that are in the city of Wilmington. There is the Wilmington Public Library right on Rodney Square, and there's also the Woodlawn Library. So I typically go to the Woodlawn Library to do my pickups um, just because the parking and getting in and out for mm-hmm. me is, is a little bit easier. Um, but I also have gone down to the Wilmington Public Library just to sit and study or anything like that. So I find it to be really safe. I know you guys are in the Newcastle Library, so I don't know what your opinion is. We don't really generally safe. Yeah, so we don't hear anything negative happening there. No, I think yeah, all, most of the libraries are pretty safe, and some of them in in different areas like that have security guards. Yeah. Or the bigger libraries do have security guards. Right. Um, our library is in Old Newcastle weird way to say that word um and i don't think i've ever heard of a crime being committed in old newcastle so <laughs> i'm sure there have been one or two over the hundreds of years it's a very safe area maybe some sort of antique um, heist yeah but i do think you're right there's there is definitely more security both in systems and um people you know, yeah. more security resources 
at the at the more at risk libraries. So I would say definitely very safe. Um, I've always felt fine going there. Um, we had another, not really a question, but thank you for having so many audiobook options for road trips. You're welcome. Oh, yeah, you're welcome. I love audiobooks. Yeah, and I am an avid Kindle borrower, um, awesome. for sure, because that, for me, is just a lot easier to take on the go um, Absolutely. in a bag. Yeah, I was so, going to say, I don't mean the plug overdrive. No, you should. But, you should. Um, we, we already did today. Okay, good. <laughs> so I think a lot of people don't realize that on, you can just download overdrive on your phone, have a library card, and listen to audiobooks on your phone, which is what I do. I'll bring a dog for a walk and just be listening to an audiobook the whole time or in your car. So if you have like a CD, you have to make sure you're listening only in your car so it picks up at the right place, but you can move the... the the phone from your car to in Heck, your house. if you have a CD, you have to have a CD player. That too. And it can't have any scratches on it. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's all <laughs> going into that. Yeah. Yeah. You One of the things that I really like really about um, the Libby app by Overdrive um, for audiobooks is a lot of, like, I think there are some avid audiobook listeners in the state of Delaware, so sometimes it can be a little hard to get, like, the top tier books. Yes. Or not, like, top tier, but just, like, recent. Currently popular. Super, super popular. Yeah. popular. Yes. Recent releases. Um, you can, of course, go on um, the request list like you would for a, a physical book. Mm -hmm. um, but then I find that, that then I end up exploring, like, the currently available, mm -hmm. and I kind of end up picking out something that, like, maybe I wouldn't have discovered otherwise. Um, and then what's great about the app is it if you've requested it, it'll automatically show up. Yeah. And if it's due, it'll automatically leave. Yeah. So you don't have to worry you about returning. You'll never get a fine on an yeah, never. overdrive. It automatically returns. That is very true. So this, this you <laughs> segue right on in. So we got a question from a listener named Sean. What happens if you never return a library book? So, like, obviously you will get fined, and then you will be charged on your account the price of the book, whatever that is. Yeah. Okay. But what if you just never return to the library ever again? So you have this $20 fine sitting on your account. Would it go to collections? Would you just kind of If it's give up? over $100, then I believe there's no. more kind of searching for it. No? Not, not any, anymore? Not really. I mean, there was an over 100 list and we would contact these people and ask them to come bring all their things back so they didn't have things out by a hundred over a hundred dollars but nothing goes to collections or anything well this reminds me of a story that was in the news back in the fall um a woman uh who she had she had gone to the hobeth beach library 46 years ago and checked out a book and forgotten to return it and um when she discovered in 2018 that she had not returned it um it was the adventures of huckleberry finn by mark train by, by mark twain by the way um she had a 1687 dollars fine but she so i guess it. they never capped it i thought it was usually like it's a dollar a day and then but after two weeks it just becomes the 20 dollar hardback so book. it's 25 cents per item per day mm -hmm. and there's a 10 dollar cap on each item um, and then after a certain period of time, it just goes to lost. And so it's the price of the item that was like 
as lost. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then you sometimes have to pay a processing fee. But no, if you literally never came back to the library ever again, well, then nothing would happen, but you'd be missing out on libraries. Yeah. Right. I think that happens so, a lot. You're lost. With people who move. Like, they'll move and take the books with them out of state. Let's say they're moving to, like, California. And they never have to worry about returning the book because they're never coming back. So. <laughs> well, and I guess my hope is they are still library patrons in their new location, yeah. and maybe they donate that book <laughs> to be then sold in the used book sale to raise money for the library or to be used by the library. And so it all, and then you hope that somebody from that library has moved here and donated their book. I don't know. Maybe it I'm all just, works out. Maybe <laughs> I'm just being idealistic. Um, and then we had one other listener question. So Katrina Medoff was also a former guest. Um, actually, one of our one of our first guests. She and Ryan were actually on the same episode, which is which is crazy. Um, and Katrina is like doing such amazing things with the Women's Weekend Film Challenge in New York and other cities. It has expanded a lot since we talked to her. But I encourage you to listen to that. Um, but she asked, "What books do you always recommend to people?" So I feel like you kind of have to read the audience before you would recommend anything. Um, and so we, we gave you guys homework before you came. It's pretty rare that we give homework to guests, but we asked if you guys could sort of prepare like a recommendations list. I think a lot of the times like guests ask us for homework and we don't give them anything because yeah. they're always like, can we prepare anything? Can you tell us about the questions? And we're like, it's going to be fine. Don't Conversational. We just sit around the table and we drink wine and whatever comes out is what we put out there. <laughs> yes. But, you know, it's we got to get our summer reading list. We do need our summer reading list. So give us your recs. Oh, so give me a list of things to try to, to hit. So the first one was for the Della Brews enthusiast, so someone who enjoys uh, beer. And my I, did, I have not read this book, but my boss recommended the comic book story of beer, the world's favorite beverage from 7,000 B.C. to today's craft brewing revolution by Jonathan Hennessy and uh, Mike Smith. So it's basically a graphic novel about the history of beer. Very cool. <laughs> oh my gosh. We, you guys, we are so blessed to live in 2019, the a golden age of content across all media. And I think we're going to be getting um, several books over the next few minutes. So of course we'll be linking out to everything, but I think it's also safe to say that we will publish a list of the recommendations on yes. the blog. Yes, we'll post a, li a list on the blog and we'll link everything on the specific summer reading rec blog post. Um, and we'll try to post everything to Instagram as well, some mm -hmm. book covers and give you, guys, give you guys some ideas. Yes. Okay. My recommendation based on this specific topic um, is Sam Caligione. He's written a whole bunch of books. Um, so he, he is, is the founder of Dogfish Head. Yes. And so he's written a bunch of books about beer and starting your business and making your business as fun to work at as Dogfish Head is. Um, and so if you are interested in any of that, I would recommend that. Oh my gosh, yes. so local. Yes. I didn't know he had books. Seven different books. Wow. wow. Seven. Oh, Seven. He is a busy beaver. Let me <laughs> tell really you. Yes. He He's, also has this really great um, like mini series that I watched on Netflix years ago about just different, it was like four episodes about just different things he was doing with beer and it was a lot of fun to watch because he's oh a very gosh. interesting person. Oh my gosh. I cannot remember what it's called. Yeah. We'll link that for you. If you 
I will find it. It's my job. Uh, so the next one was for the friend who always has a beach house connection. So actually, when I first sent this question, we were like brainstorming questions to Emily. I phrased it as like beach house hookup. Yes. And I meant it as like the friend who like knows always, someone with a beach house. Always like, yeah, knows where you can stay at the beach. And Not knows I, a good friend to have fun with. Yeah. So we, we've rephrased it. But now I'm still But if you do, I it. will take their information. Just kidding. <laughs> but also, Just kidding. But also the Della Darlings are always looking for a beach house connection. So if anyone wants to make a trade of some kind, we might be open for discussion. We'll bring you a beach we'll, read. We'll link you to this list if you let us stay in your book. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for this one, it was Such a Rush by Jennifer Eccles. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was actually one of my favorite books as a early 20s, but it is a YA book. So I took this quote from Goodreads. It said, when I was 14, I made a decision. If I was doomed to live in a trailer park next to an airport, I would complain about the smell of jet fuel like my mom. I could drink myself to death over the noise like everyone else, or I could learn to fly. So it's a teenage girl who learns to fly a plane, and then she ends up getting a summer job um, flying the airplanes that have, like, the signs behind them. Oh. So that's what I like to read it on the beach, because you see those airplanes. Yeah. <laughs> I love those airplanes. My beach read is, uh, maybe not your tra- traditional beach read, it's called The Shark Club, and it is by, um, Sue Monk Kid's daughter, whose name I cannot remember at the moment, but it's one of my favorite books that I read this past year. Um, I am obsessed with sharks. It's about um, a young couple who dated in their um, teenage years and broke up and then 10 to 15 years later they come back together and the man has a daughter who draws them together and she and the woman are obsessed with sharks and I was very connected to this book but it's also a very good book and I highly recommend it. It felt like it was written for me. All right, so for the third, the, for the local foodie already obsessed with Bardia, did I say that right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so the person who likes to read recipe books or chef memoirs. Um, I chose Lunch in Paris, and I did not write down the author's name. Um, I did not We'll link it for you. Okay, I also haven't read this book, but I know this book, We uh, one of my coworkers did it for a book club in our library, and her book club, do you remember the name of Tasty Memories, her book club meets every quarter and they read the book and it might have recipes in the back or in the book and then they bring the recipes to the book club. So. That is my kind of book club. Yes. Oh, anywhere there's going to be food. Yes. So you, pick a, you pick a recipe and then you come. And I wanted to go to it so bad, but it's the night that I work. But anyway, this one is about an American woman who moves to Paris because um, she fell in love not only with a man but also with food. And the book is a memoir that moves through her new life in Paris and the re- recipes that she enjoyed along the way um, to making Paris feel more like home. Oh, okay, that's nice. Yeah. I think if I were in Paris, though, I don't know that I'd cook anything. I would just eat croissants <laughs> and fromage. But that's just me. All right. We have time for about one more book rack so sarah do you have one last goodie for us um yes so i don't read things in these other categories you gave me i did not do my homework well well we said you could come up with your own category it's okay so extra credit 
Thank you. <laughs> Um, so one of my favorite books that I read this past year is called Song of Achilles, and it's by um, somebody, whose name I can't remember. Do you remember her name? Time. Continue on. Megan. Something. It begins with an M. It's a double M name. Anyway, it's about Achilles and his childhood friend and um, the Trojan War, and I also love Greek mythology, and so I really enjoyed this book. It's beautifully written. Um, the friendship, it's a great story, and it's just a really good book. I'm curious, so I, I like the way that you both mixed up, like sharing books that are personal to you, sharing things that you, recommendations that you got from other people, or were featured in book clubs. Um, I'm wondering if you have like one tip, because sometimes when I'm looking for a book, I like, sometimes I do a lot of research and sometimes I just like have a gut feeling and I'm like, yeah, I'll go with this. So like, what is your suggestion for someone like browsing? Like, do you say like, look for a cover that catches your eye, read the reviews, like ask a friend, like what, what is your tip for finding a book that will be good for the person? I'd say when I wasn't in libraries, the way I chose it was just by looking at the cover. <laughs> Which is not a great and recommendation. And I'm going to say that since I've been in libraries, it's looking at the cover. <laughs> um, when I worked in circulation, so many things would come past my desk and I would just look at everything. Like, almost every. I would take so many things home because I'm like, oh, that looks good. Oh, that looks good. Like, things would get checked in and I'd check them out. And it happens less to me now because I don't handle as many books working in reference. But it's definitely, like, I'll see it on the shelf and be like, oh, that looks good. Um, so... I judge a book by its cover in order to get me to read it. Yeah. And it's a, uh, to draw me <laughs> towards reading it. I am. I don't dismiss a book because of its cover, but I'm definitely more drawn to pretty books. I think books. there's times there's, I've dismissed a book because of its cover. I'm like, this looks old and ugly. I don't want to read it. And then they'll come out with like an updated cover of the same book. I'm like, oh, now I want to read this, <laughs> which just happens often. Mm, it does. Do you, so I'm always bothered when the movie adaptation comes out and then you can only find... Oh, yeah. right. The movie adaptation cover, and I don't want that cover. I want the traditional cover. Um, but that makes me have another question. So I tend to be a completionist in that I read a book, and then I find out it's part of a series, and oh my gosh, well now I have to read 75 books because it is the series. Um, and so that's an extreme case, and I'm getting better about not forcing myself to read 75 books because that's unnecessary. But what about, how do you make the call on whether you're going to stop reading a book? So whether it's actually not really something you're into, um, maybe the writing isn't really your style, the content isn't really your style, or anything like that. So I have for years, will force myself to finish the book. And so that might mean I am reading the same book for a year, and I am avoiding reading because I have told myself I cannot read anything else until I read this book that I am not enjoying. So only life is too short to read bad books, which Thank is something you. that I did not find out until I was like 28. Like, okay, so I'm 28, so I'm going to, go. right now, I'm finding Lesson it out. Lesson um, It's, yes, it's always been very difficult for me to put down a book, like, like okay, I'm done with this, I'm giving up on it. Um, I've heard lots of people have different rules for themselves, like a third of the way in, 50 pages in, if you don't like it after the first chapter, stop. <sighs> That's early. I know. Well, that I, can be. Mary Higgins Clark, man, that's half a page. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> you're right. She's got 75 chapters per 100-page book. <laughs> um, 
I don't know. I think I just judge it per book. I don't really ever just stop reading a book. Um, I try to plug through it as well, even though I tell myself what I just you don't, don't have do. to. Right. I can't <laughs> remember where I read this recently, but I definitely did just read like a, a column or a personal essay where it was someone talking about how she's made more time for long sections of reading. Like she used to be the person who would read for like five minutes every night, which is great. I will read like sometimes you only have five minutes. That was that's what you do. But um, her point was that it was like it was stopping her from really getting lost in the book. Mm -hmm. And I think that sometimes you might be on the fence about a book. And I mean, this has happened to me. Where I'm like, I don't know about this book, but it's really just like me being distracted by my phone and looking out the window and not getting exactly. it the time that it deserves. Yeah. But also life is too short to read bad books. It is. I used to be the same way. I used to have like, oh, I'm started this book. I'm going to read it regardless. Just so I know for sure that it was terrible. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> As we discussed, when you feel passionate. <laughs> it, it does sometimes, it, the best thing is to go on Goodreads after a book you hated and just find all the terrible reviews. Oh, and be yeah. Like, yeah. Yes, I, that's what I was saying, too. Yeah, that happens often. Um, I find that if I have no interest in reading it, I'll just stop reading it and then be like, wait, wait I've really been wanting to read this book and then pick that book up and start reading that one. I think the same happens for me, too. And it's like, if I put it down long enough that I don't remember what's happening... Yeah. I should not continue reading that book because why? Bother? There was a reason you didn't finish it. There was right. a reason you didn't keep wanting to read it. Right. Okay. You guys have to admit right now. <laughs> so I started reading Bad Blood by John Cario, and he is the reporter from the Washington Post, I believe Washington Post, who broke the big Theranos is a complete fraud and scam. Oh, I story. watched that documentary. Well, so the problem with the book is that there is no problem with the book except for that I have already consumed every bit of Theranos content out there. So you already know it all. I right. you could have And so there are small bits that I don't know because a book is going to just be so much more comprehensive than a podcast Absolutely. or a mini series documentary. Like it, there's just so much more time to include content in a book uh -huh. than there is in these other media. So there are small snippets of things I hadn't heard or I didn't understand fully how they occurred. But I got about halfway through, um, and I mentioned earlier I was in the midst of studying for my test and just have had so many things going on. And so I'm kind of haven't picked it up in several months. Quit and it. I think I'm not going to. You don't need to read yeah, it. You don't like, need to do it. You are and I'm, I'm fascinated by the whole thing and I feel terrible because I think I would have really loved it and finished it if I hadn't already read and consumed everything else out there my advice for you is just skim the rest of the book just go through i don't even think i'm gonna do that no <laughs> just just sarah i lived into an entire podcast i have watched both sets of documentaries then both what? hbo and six why minutes. did you pick up the book well i hadn't watched the documentaries yet <laughs> okay well now <laughs> you've done your work for theranos you can be done. I am well educated in the field of Theranos. Yes. This is true. I am waiting for the long form book. Fire Festival? Fire Festival book. Ooh. But did you watch those documentaries? Oh, absolutely. Well, you're not gonna Have I consumed every content possible about Fire Festival? But see, there's just still not as much out there. The podcast has really gave you everything because I think it's eight full hour long episodes. Oh my God. So it's a lot. That's a book. It's a book. That's not a book. So, but with Fire Festival, that's not out there. And I just, oh. I have so many more questions. I would love for some, I have thought, in addition to this podcast, I have thought I could have a podcast um, 
for Bucknell and it could be like an alumni podcast and it can be like a where are they now and every you know twice a month we we interview a different Bucknell alumni and technically he stayed through our like alumni induction ceremony um so like he, he could be on the podcast the fire festival or the fire festival organizer Billy McFarlane <laughs> Emily went to Maybe Ja Rule went to Bucknell, but Billy McFarlane definitely went to Bucknell. So I have just thought that would be great. But I'm I'm glad that and maybe I need to ask someone else for permission to stop reading a book. Maybe that's kind of the barrier. Is I need someone to tell me it's okay. Call me up. I'll I'll to hear it. Put that book in the trash. So we've talked about a lot about books and a little bit about ebooks and audiobooks. And I think we'd be remiss to shout out the library. Of course, there's the study space, but way more than books. Um, events. Events. My favorite. That's what I bring to the podcast. I am the event person. So, one of the reasons we specifically asked you to come on the podcast, Sarah, is that you were one of the originators of BYOB at the library. <laughs> She's doing a dance right now, y'all. <laughs> so... We actually probably have been doing that for four years now. Are we coming up on the four-year anniversary? I guess it's the fifth. No, fifth? this no, this is will be the four-year anniversary. Four-year anniversary. Okay. I remember coming in the early in the early stages when it was mostly just me and your mom. Right. And, and now you your girlfriends to join. Yes, and my friends. Well, right, your sister would come and my friends would come, but now. It is a full house. You have it's a lot of people crazy. come into yes. BYO. Yeah. So tell us about how it came about, what you guys do. Because a lot of people, every time I say this, they are shooketh to their <laughs> core. Yeah. Well, my friend and I um, wanted to do programming for people our age. And because at the library, there's a lot for younger kids. So the 20s and 30s. Yes, sorry. The, the dinks the, and the sinks. What? The dinks and the sinks. What the is that? Dual mean? income, no kids, and oh. single income, no kids. Gotcha. <laughs> I was like, no, I don't want to entertain those people. That's not what I thought. <laughs> the dinks and the sinks. <laughs> That's not what I thought I would learn on the library episode. I did. <laughs> no, same. Um, so we wanted to program for people our age. And we thought that, you know, while the library is open is maybe not the most convenient time for people to come out. Um... Weeknights are hard because you have to go to work. Friday nights are great. Um, and we thought, so our library is only open till 5. So we thought if we could do it after hours, that would be perfect. And if it's after hours, people can BYOB. And the nice thing about that is that millennials like to go out on the weekends and have a good time with their wine. And, and they like beer. to BYOB. It's very it's, cost effective. It's wonderful. <laughs> it's cost effective. You can take it back with you if you don't finish. Um, and so it started out as just a fun, free thing to do on a Friday night. Um, and this happens to me a lot is I'll go out with my friends for drinks and we'll just sit there and talk and not do anything. And I love to talk to my friends, but it's nice to have an activity to do while you are drinking. So it's, it's kind of a fun way to just do something fun with your friends that's free and, um, so yeah, that's what we wanted to provide. So some of the events that I have gone to for BYO, I did, um, I guess the first summer that you did this, which is when I started coming, the summer reading theme was superhero. Every story has a superhero, something yes. along those lines. Um, just like every Delawarean has a story, y'all. 
<laughs> We're doing it here on the podcast. Um, but so we went to cape making. And so, I mean, you had like the fabric markers and hot glue guns and everything. And it was fun to just have a glass of wine and chat and craft. That was our very first one. We are OGs, we you guys. We are OGs. Um, so that was great. I've been to pumpkin carving, gingerbread house decorating. My brother was here one weekend when you did one, so we came to a cartooning class, yes. which I think I came out as a worse artist than when I entered, <laughs> but I had a lot of fun, which is probably the more important thing. That's the most important part. So um, so what do, you, what do you have coming up on the BYOB calendar? So I actually have turned it over to Nicole because I focus <laughs> more on youth and teen services, right. and that's just a And lot. the and sinks are too old. They're too <laughs> old, but if you have children, you can bring them to me. Um, <laughs> anyway, so I've turned them over to Nicole, and she has a lot of great ideas oh, to yes. share with so up. Give us what you got coming next up. Next week on June 14th, we're having a trivia night at Cafe Newcastle. I saw that. Yeah. So it's right next to the library, um, so you can buy drinks there. Won't be BYV, obviously. Um, but yeah. the library is putting together trivia, which, for those who don't know, there is trivia at Krabby Dick's in Delaware City, and the Delaware City Library yeah. puts the trivia together. Yeah, that's I awesome. actually talked to her. I was like, how did you go about doing this? And that's how I got some of the ideas of how to talk to the manager. Oh, and guys. <laughs> so I just think that's so great when you don't even realize that you're going to a bar for trivia, and it's really just the library. Yeah. yeah. Um, helping so you got trivia coming up, and then what's on the docket for July? We're planning... To do an escape room, which is <gasps> so excited, yes, very involved. So we're hoping we will have it ready for July, um, by I think July twenty sixth. Okay. So if you see the advertisements, then you can start um, <laughs> signing up. Yeah, and I will say the best place to find out about this. I'm sure you guys have a newsletter, so that's probably a good place. But the place I find out is I follow you guys on Facebook, Newcastle Public Library. Make sure it's the one in Delaware. I've heard there's also a PA one. They are comma PA, but you know. <laughs> um, Newcastle Public Library, and you guys post all of your events there. Mm -hmm. um, and so I always like check and I try to fit it in, and I haven't been to one in a while. It's, it's it, life is busy, y'all. So those sound like a lot of fun. I'm excited for this escape room. I might have to. Uh, might have to recruit some friends for that one. Um, and I have also just gone solo before. And yes. everyone is very friendly, and they will let you be in their group. It's a good way to make friends, too. Yeah. It is a great way to make friends. I have gone and carved pumpkins by myself and had a great time good. meeting new people. So I totally recommend those. Um, and this is great because it brings us sort of into our wrap-up. So if you guys each want to give us... Um, social media, where can people find you if they have more questions about libraries, reading recommendations, that kind of thing, and then we'll talk about sort of what we all have coming up other than BYOB nights. And you just find us on Facebook. Well, we answer pretty quickly. Just don't message us during off hours because we won't answer, but you can send a message. Yeah. Um, and you guys, page. you guys actually sign. So you two primarily do the posting yes. Um, yes. and you guys each sign your names when, when it's something personal. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so I like that because it actually makes me feel very connected to you. Like, I'm Sarah is writing this note to me. Um, which, to be honest, is how librarians can often make you feel. Um, so that's great. So, yeah, so you can find them on Facebook, uh, Sarah and Nicole. And you can find them on the Friends of the Newcastle Public Library. It's a very old it is from 2015, I think. <laughs> and information. Yeah, mine says I'm going to library school when I am not. So. Um, yeah, okay, so other than BYOB, what do you have coming up, Sarah? I'm sure you have some good youth programming. So for our parent listeners out there. Yes, so every library in the state of Delaware does a summer reading program. So you should take your children, and there's programs all summer at your local library. But at my specific library, we have got um, a free lunch program, which is provided by the Colonial School District on Tuesdays and Fridays at 12 o'clock and um, for school-aged children. And that starts on this, the 18th, whatever that Tuesday is that week. I believe it's the 18th. Um, so free lunch for kids. We also have craft programs, family programs, um, entertainers coming in. We've got a really cool group called Science Tellers and they do science experiments and explosions while they tell you a story. Um, next week we've got Mr. Matt of Turtle Dance Music doing um, fun and music and stories for little kids. Um, we've got teen book clubs, book clubs for kids, all kinds of good stuff. So you can head into the library and ask a librarian. You can head to the library's websites, their Facebook pages, all kinds of information, not just for Newcastle, but for all of the public libraries in Newcastle County, and I'm sure in Kent and Sussex as well. Absolutely. And your library card will work all over the state. So if you go to the beach and you want to check out a book, take your card with you. Yeah. And um, some of our programs do require registration. So just go to our Facebook page and you can register through a Google Doc that is linked to the Facebook page. Yes, I have been known to register by texting Sarah. <laughs> that works too, um, but you can't have my number. Yes, <laughs> not everyone can have Sarah's number, I am blessed. Um, and actually, Sarah, I will say this because every year when my library card is up for renewal, I always, hey Sarah, can you do that magic thing where I don't have to physically go to the library and you can just magically update it? Um, Y yes. <laughs> I do that for my mom and for Emily Guillen. <laughs> but you don't have to do it anymore because I can renew online now. You can. Yes. So um, the premise of that is just that you need to confirm your address and phone number and contact information so they know how to reach you. Yes. Every and three years now. Yeah, oh, it's even just less frequently. This is exciting. So, so they, they verify that you live in the state of Delaware because if you don't, you can still be a member of the library, but you pay a fee. I think it's... $40. $40 a yeah. year. So, Which is the price of a, two hardback books. Right. Um, and it is and a I, family fee, so your whole family just right. pays the $40. And I'll say, like, I've had friends from work who live in Kennett Square, but they work in Smyrna and Wilmington. Right. So where is the convenient place to drop off and pick up books? Probably more regularly in Absolutely. Delaware. Absolutely. Um, so she pays that fee and is happy to do so because it opens up the world of the library to her in a better way. So you can actually renew your library card online now, and I did that today, in oh my fact. Gosh. You're amazing. You're I'm very years. proud of three you. Three years. I'm excited. Three, nutmeg, three years of library usage. She doesn't care. <laughs> um, she doesn't know how to read, so that is less exciting I've been trying her. to teach T-Bone, too. Yeah. So I guess we'll, we'll just sort of wrap it up with what 
Dara and I have coming up and I have actually an Old Newcastle event. I'm going to a separation day party. It's the first time I've been invited to one. I'm very excited. It is actually at, Sarah just, just made a face. It is at their boss's house. A good face. It was a good face. It was exciting. It sounds like they can't go. They both have other commitments, but I will be there doing separation day. And this just leads me into, I have to share with everyone because not everyone knows what separation day is or why it matters. So um, obviously we celebrate Delaware Day in December, and that is the day we ratified the Constitution and we became the United State of America for you know <laughs> a week. It was just us. We were hanging, woo, hanging tight there. Um, but before that, um, so back in 1775, um, right around this early June time frame, 244 years ago we actually basically just announced that we were no longer going to be part of Pennsylvania or the British conglomerate, whatever they were at the time. The empire? The empire, yes. So so most of the states were getting to the point where they were ready to, to leave the British empire. But the fact that we decided we also wanted to get out from under William Penn um, and that whole Pennsylvania situation was was really the big deal about separation day it wasn't just that we were independent of great britain but we were we were our own independent state or colony at that time um and so we every year celebrate separation day and there are really great um craft fairs and local food and there's a barbecue festival and fireworks there's a parade yeah. and a huge library book fair book sale yes Woo! and i I'm excited, y'all. So in, that is what I got coming up. In the parade this year, though, I built a book bike that will be like a cabinet at the end of a bike that we will drive a ride around Newcastle. Um, Matt Meyer, our county executive, will be riding it for us in the parade. Oh, and he is just, you know, he is a really nice person. He really cares about the people really nice of Newcastle County. So that is awesome. So I'm excited for that. Dee, how about you? What do you have coming up? So I actually, I forgot to put it on our notes, but it's in my head. Um, because blueberry season is nearly <gasps> upon us. I do love to blueberry pick at Celtic Cross so, um, Farms. For those who have not picked up on the times that Emily has name dropped us on the podcast, which is very nice of her, um, my family grows blueberries and they sell them at Harvest Market in Hocassin. And I'm told that people have been asking for the blueberries at Harvest Market since like April and May. Um, which is before blueberry season in Delaware begins. But we appreciate the enthusiasm, um, and sometimes you can find them in goodies at local restaurants. Um, so I'm told that blueberry season... It's coming could, up. It could start as early as, like, this week or the next week. Well, I will be awaiting the McBride phone call. I am blessed enough <laughs> that I get the OMG, we have so many blueberries and cannot possibly eat them. <laughs> Emily, please come pick. Um, this is not open to everyone. It's not a you pick orchard. I'm blessed. <laughs> yes. Same with your library card privileges. My library card privileges. You guys, you got to know. You somebody. have a lot of perks. I do, but none of them pay my mortgage. You Sorry, see? they you make life interesting. Here? We get you free books so you can save money. To this pay is true. Um, and actually, I always make the joke when people come to my house. You would think that I don't really read. Um, my book collection, I probably have under 50 books in this entire house, which seems shocking because I actually do read almost every single day. However, most of my books from growing up, childhood, teenage years, college, even early adulthood in the first few years are still at my parents' house. And to be perfectly honest with you, I use the library. Yeah, that's wonderful. Um, 
So I typically will just say, oh, this book came out, I'm interested, but you know what, I'll just wait a year until it's available at the library and I'll read something else until then. And that's the great thing about books. There are so many great ones out there just waiting to be discovered. Yeah. So I hope all of our listeners get the chance to discover their own magical summer reading journeys. Yes, and we will be continuing this theme with our next June episode. We already have the guests booked. Um, it will be David Teague. Um, he's a local author oh and professor. Gosh. We're excited. You're excited I'm as excited. well. His wife, Marissa, Marissa DeSantis, is one of my favorite authors. We're, we're hoping to get Marissa too, oh but God. no guarantees on that. Can I just come watch? Sure. <laughs> I'm just kidding. BYOB. You know what you can do, though? You can listen. <laughs> I can do that. So I'm glad we have that teaser out for you guys. So we'll be posting about questions. If you have any questions for either or both of them, um, or just generally, I think like what it's like to be a writer living in Delaware. Yes. So talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the Della Darling podcast. If you want to follow us on social media, we are at Della Darling pod on Instagram and Twitter and the Della Darling on Facebook.